Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Refuge Live podcast, live from the sanctuary of the Temple of Refuge in West Memphis, Arkansas. Let's go now into the sanctuary and hear what it is that God has to say. Here it is, because he sent them on the boat. He is now obligated to go and get them out. (laughs) He's obligated to go where they are. And say, you didn't think I was going to leave you out here by yourself, did you? You didn't think that I was going to let you uh, endure this and go through this and just leave you high and dry. So here it is. that One of it said that the spirit, they, they saw and it felt like and it looked like a spirit, Pastor Kim. They thought that it was a ghost. And Jesus in, in turn says, don't worry. Uh-uh. Don't fear. Fret not. Be of good cheer. The way it came to me this morning was Shanice, he was basically saying, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Somebody, you need to understand this morning that if you're on the boat that Jesus put you in, don't worry, be happy. While you're in what he put you in, don't worry, be happy. Now, the real problem is, are you in what he put you in or are you in what it is that you got yourself into? But he's saying this morning, don't worry, be happy. Be of good cheer, fret not, for it is I. And so how do I do I tie this all in this morning? And so the Lord gave me a few things this morning. Number one, they were in a state of havoc. They were in, they were already in a storm. This particular text is in three, uh, in three of the gospels. And what blesses me this morning, Pastor Kim, is that in Mark 6, it says that they were on their way to Bethsaida. He makes it known, Mark makes it known where it is that they were headed. Bethsaida was eight miles away. And so when they find themselves in the storm shack, they were four miles in. Which says to us, granted, that they were, ha- they were at the halfway mark when Jesus decided that he wanted to come and get them out. You got to understand that you only get as far at this point. Here it is. It was almost like they had a decision that they were going to make. Here it is. Now that I am in the middle of this place, I am eight miles in. It's, eight, it's an eight-mile journey, and I'm four miles in. I have one or two options. I can either turn and go back and have to start the process over. Or I can trust God and keep on moving forward. And I wonder if there is somebody here that are on your fourth mile this morning. You can say with conviction, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. But on my fourth mile, I just don't believe that he's brought me this far to leave me now. And I wonder if there's somebody that's on the first Sunday in the month of December that's on your fourth mile that'll say I've come all this way and I won't turn back I can't turn back I will not turn back I'm moving forward I'm going ahead I'm pressing my way I've come too far from where I started I will not turn I will not bow I will not break but I've got to get to the other side somebody here Here's this message, and you've got a testimony. My future is secure. Put your hand on yourself and say, my future is secure. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how worried I get. My future is secure. If they shut us down, 
my future secure if they lay me off my future secure if they come and take it my future is secure if you believe it give God one more praise right there so here's the seat have a seat so they're on their way Shay, to Bethsaida four miles in Shanice but Mark's gospel says that he finds them rowing. It don't say nothing about rowing in Matthew's gospel. It says that he finds them, Shay, rowing. And so now what we got to see and understand that we are treading against the storm. But we got to keep going. And you got to understand that at the four-mile mark, Denisha, they probably had begun to lose energy because they had to go against the very thing that was desired to work against them. So they're rowing and losing strength all the same time, but they've got to keep on going. But what this allows us to see this morning, Chanel, is that Jesus shows up when their strength runs out. You got to understand that the Lord will show up when you can't do it in your own power. But this is what really blessed me, Shanice. Mark and John's gospel don't mention Peter. Don't mention Peter in Mark or John. Matthew mentions Peter because Peter is the one that had enough faith to speak up in the middle of a storm. I ask the question, do you trust, number one, what he's put you in? Do you trust him enough to speak up in the middle of your storm? God help this morning. Here it is. I told y'all it was the ship that was in the storm. But it, you have to understand that although it was the ship that was in the storm, until the ship was also built to withstand the storm. So God knew what he was doing when he told you to get on it and go on to the other side. And I wonder if there is somebody here that, uh, that is grateful for the ship that you're in in this season. You understand that the ship that I'm on is able and it was built to last. And I wonder if there are some people that will have the testimony that will make it up in your mind that by the end of 2020, you'll have the testimony for your ship and be in your ship with the testimony I'm built to last. How is it that you got through 2020? I was built to last. How is it that when coronavirus came, you were able to go through quarantine, coming out not looking like what you've been through because I was built to last. How is it that you didn't break down? How is it that you didn't bow out because I was built to last? Although the suicide rate is on an all-time high in Japan, I'm still here lifting my hands, opening up my mouth, giving God praise simply because I was built to last and I wonder if there's three that'll say I'm built for this regardless of what comes no matter what may come my way my life is in his hand why because I'm built to last I'm built to last storms may rise but I'm built for this winds may blow but I'm built for this and if that's you Jesus Peter speaks up and says if that's you 
to come. If that's you, you said it's you. I can't see you. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm going to give it to you. I, I was going to leave this out. You have to understand that the text says that one of the other disciples, not Peter, spoke up and said that it was Jesus. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. So they could not see him, but he was able to identify his voice even while he was amongst darkness. Come here, Rhoda. I hear Peter on the other side. Girl, you crazy. Yeah, we in here praying for him, but you ain't heard no Peter. Call me crazy, but I know what I heard. So the disciple was able to say, that's Jesus. Not because they could see him, but because he was able to identify his voice. And I wonder if there is somebody here that can identify the voice of the Lord that will say, I don't see him, but I heard what he said. I don't see him right now, but I know what he said about me. I might be feeling bad, but he said in his word, by his stripes, I'm already healed. I may not see him right now, but I believe that God is able to do what he said he was going to do in my life. So here it is this morning. Peter speaks up past Kim. Peter speaks up, and he says, hey, they said it's you. You said it's you. But if it's you, for real, tell you what, bid me to come. Why? Because Peter was the man for the job. If that's you, bid me to come. Here's the text, the victor in the text, Granny. A lot of times, I'm going to give it to y'all in a nutshell. A lot of times, we shout about Jesus walking on water. Right? That's not the testimony of the text. The testimony of the text, Nia, is the fact that Peter was able to walk on water. <laughs> of course, Jesus was going to be able to do it. He was God in flesh. We shout about what he do all the time, but in these particular instances, it wasn't about Jesus. It was about the power of God enabling Peter to walk on impossibility, to do what it was that was said could never be done. So which says to number one, the they were in a place of havoc because of the storm. But number two, this allowed me to see, Pastor Kim, that Peter was going forth in a place of hope. He was able to move out on a word when it seemed as impossible. I looked up the Greek and the Hebrew definition of the word hope, and it meant to both definitions meant to have great expectation. Here it is. Although the Savior announced, here it is that it was who He was, and they they that need they needed not to fear. There were some that were on the ship that were still skeptical, and so what happened was Jesus Peter challenged and said, "If it is you, then you tell me to come to you on the water." And Jesus simply responded and said, "Come." You got to understand that what is going to happen in this season, and what the Lord allowed me to see last night, Pastor Kim, is that the Lord can handle your challenge. He speaks up and says, if that's you, then you tell me to come.
How much like Jesus standing there like, if I'm me, come. Just come on. Come, come on. Come. So we got to understand that the Lord can handle your challenge. What is what you say to the Lord that will challenge him? How is that a challenge for him? He says to him, if that's you, then, then come. And Jesus said, okay, come on. But what that also allowed me to see is that not only Peter was walking on impossibility. I preached it and said to myself, Peter was walking on a word. But what blessed me was that Peter, Pastor Kim, was also walking on an invitation. He was walking on an invitation. What do you mean, Pastor Jarvis? He said, if that's, if that's what you want me to do, then invite me over there. If you want me over there, invite me. You want me to come where you are? Invite me. So, yes, he was walking on a possibility. Yes, he was walking on a word. But he was also walking out on an invitation. And God sent me here to prophesy to somebody this morning and to tell you that your word for this morning is to go after it. Everybody won't get it. It ain't for everybody. Y'all predicate, and that's fine. But for the folk that are believing God for something in this season, for the folk that God is saying, you believe in God, what's next for my life? I know what it is that I think that you've shown me a glimpse of, and God sent me here on a prophetic assignment. If it's a business, go after it. If it's a book, go after it. If it's school, go after it. You ought to look at somebody and tell them, go after it, baby. Why? Because what God has in store is so much greater than where you are right now. So you got to understand that you got an assignment to go after it. And God told me to tell you that the water is waiting. Somebody needs to know that the water is waiting. A couple of weeks ago, I told you that the water was waiting in the well. But this morning, the water is waiting to hold you up. The water is waiting on your foot. You can't go after it if you're scared to get your feet wet. You can't go after it if you're scared to get wet. You can't go after it if you're scared of what it looks like. I don't see how it's going to look, but I'm willing to go after it because I got a word. I'm willing to go after it because I got an impossibility. I'm willing to go after it because I got an invitation. You ought to elbow somebody and tell them, go after it. The water is waiting. Go after it. The water is waiting. I'm moving out on an if in this season. If that's you, if that's you, tell me to come. If that's you, invite me to come. I wonder if there's three that'll say I'm moving on an if. How are you going to do it? I'm moving on an if. How is it going to happen? I'm moving on an if. It don't look like it, but I'm moving on an if. I ain't got all the money, but I'm going on an if. I wonder if there's somebody that's ready to move. Y'all sitting there looking at me. But I wonder if there's somebody that'll say, I believe God. 
So I move on an if. I don't care what you say. I'm moving on an if. If God said it, I'm moving on an if. If he said I can have it, then I'm moving on the if. If he said that I'm healed, I'm moving on the if. If he said that it's done, I'm moving on the if. If you're going to move on the if, give him one more praise right there. So he goes out on the if. But let me tell y'all what he did that a whole lot of y'all would have did. When he steps out and moves on the if. (laughs) You got to understand, Malik, that just because Jesus was walking in the middle of the storm, don't mean that the storm ceased. We don't see (laughs) that he walked in it. This was not the peace be still entry. You got to understand that just because Jesus was walking on the water in the middle of the storm, that the storm did not stop. But what they also said to me, is that when you're in the middle at mile four, he'll come to where you are in the middle of the storm. And will tell you, don't worry about getting out of this. I'm calling you to do something you ain't never did before. You want to make the devil out of a lie? Step out on that if. The word, did you, the word was come. Why are you still standing? Just because everybody else in the boat with you scared don't mean that you got to be scared. So it says, he steps out and the winds increase. Ain't that like life? For my talk back church this morning. That when you start moving in the direction, God, I move for you. Here come the wind stronger. Here come the waves harder. Now it was one thing when it was come when those winds and these waves were affecting the boat, but now <laughs> I'm in a place that I slick walk equal with the boat. And the truth of the matter is, I'm doing what y'all can't do. But y'all scared for me to do it at the same time. So he gets out there. And I can see him walking on water. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And there was some people on the boat, Shag, standing on the boat, saying, see, look at you. You out there. Boy, you better get back in this boat. That water going to take you down. Now, mind you. He walking on it. Focus on Jesus. Woo! But at the moment, he possibly listened to the folk that were scared to do what it is he doing. He allowed their fear to get him to a place where he is distracted. And now he starts seeing it the way that they see it. 
you got to understand that you've got to be so focused that you don't allow people to de allow you to deviate from what it is that the Lord has said to you. You cannot allow people to get you to a place that you are distracted and you go against what it is that the Lord has said to you. I already told y'all that he delivered them from the multitude. <laughs> Lean in a little bit. Maybe you got to be mindful, Malik, of the people that got on the boat to you, got out on the boat with you with a, mul a multitude mentality. Church people. We out here now. Well, Pastor, do you think? Well, I just don't feel. You on the boat scared. I'm walking. On a word. Walking. Doing the impossible. I accepted the invitation. But what I don't accept is you trying to hold me back because you scared to do what it is that you wasn't called to do anyway. Because you had your chance to speak up and you didn't. So now that I'm out here doing what the Lord done called me to do, just keep your mouth the same shut that it was when you could have spoke up. Am I doing all right this morning? So he, he becomes distracted. I'm almost done. He becomes distracted. And he says, scripture says, when he took his eyes off Jesus, y'all know the story. He begins He begins to sink in the middle of a storm, habit. He steps out on hope. But my last and third point is he starts to sink and he cries out for help. He cries out, Lord, save me. At the moment that he asks for help, the Lord Stretches his hand out, lifts him up. Simple. But what the Lord allowed me to see is he had to be close enough for the Lord to hear him. If you ain't never been close to the Lord, don't wait till you start sinking. And did want to say, Lord, help me. But what this says to me, Malik, is that he was in close enough grip. He was in close enough proximity that at the moment that he started to slip, all he had to do is say, Lord, help me, and lift up his hand, and there was the hand of the Lord to pull him out. You have to understand that at the moment that you stretch out your hand, help is at your disposal. You got to understand that the Lord allowed me to see this. Peter started to go down, but he never went under. And I wonder if there is somebody here that that's your testimony too. Here it is. God stopped him 
him right before the water got to nose level. God stopped it right before the water started to try to drown him. You got to understand that your testimony this morning, Austin, is a whole lot like Peter's, that when nothing else could help, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters, he lifted me, and now safe am I. Your testimony is in there. I was sinking, but I was not sunken. I wonder if there's somebody that is here this morning that'll say, yeah, pastor, I found myself in a time or two when I slowly started going down. But because of my relationship, I said, Lord, help me, please. And he was right there, right there by my side. At the moment I stretched, he snatched me out, God. At the moment I stretched, he snatched me out. What have you said while you were sinking? What have you said while you were going down? It was listening that caused you to sink, but it ain't about them. What is your confession when everybody else is quiet? What is your confession while everybody else is talking? I was sinking, but I'm not sunken. And somebody here on the last first Sunday ought to say, Lord, save me. I know that I ain't got it all together, but I still need your help. Lord, save me. Here it is. You got to understand that this is what the Lord allowed me to see, Austin. You only sink. You only run the risk of sinking when you take the risk of stepping out of the boat. The only way that you could potentially go down is when you take the risk of stepping out of the boat. But I believe that my pastor told me one time in here that with every risk, there is a reward. With every risk, there is a reward. So Peter takes a step without even knowing how it was going to end. Peter's walking, I said it already, was the testimony. He was enabled to do something that people was not expecting to happen. You want to exceed the expectations? Move out on the if. You want to move, you want to get what God got for you? Go after it when they say you're crazy. You want to experience the impossible? Go after it when it don't look promising. So as long as Peter, I'm done. As long as Peter was in the water, Mia, I already said that the storm didn't stop. Storm didn't stop because Jesus was walking on the water. Jesus didn't stop the storm. He allowed the storm to keep going. Told y'all they were four miles in. They could either turn and go back or keep on going. The storm intensified when Peter stepped out, Shamia. But the text goes on to say that Jesus walked him back to the boat. And when he put his feet back on the boat, then the storm stopped. As long as Peter was in the water, 
there was a storm. I believe that this was to show that the Lord was still in control, even while it was storming all around. You've just witnessed another life-changing word here on the Refuge Live podcast. Listen, if this has been a blessing to you, do me a favor and send us a small seed on our church cash app. That's dollar sign Peculiar Church or on Giblify. You can look us up by the Temple of Refuge. Listen, we have run out of time today, but we are so grateful that you have chosen to be a part of what's going on here at the Temple of Refuge. On behalf of myself and the entire Temple of Refuge, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.